keys to growing your podcast? How music and sound effects make your podcast better? Finding podcast discovery and listening simplicity. This is the Spreaker Live Show, episode 77 on August 17th, 2016. Welcome and thank you for listening to the show again. My name is Rob Greenlee and I am the head of content at Spreaker and the Adore.fm podcasting network. We have a packed episode this week as we discuss the keys to growing your your podcast and your, your show on Spreaker and really just uh, across the board. And we're, we're also going to talk about finding podcast discovery and listening simplicity, which is kind of an interesting take on what the future of podcasting might look like. So we're going to talk about that. With me again is Alex Exum, who's the host of the XM Experience show on Spreaker. Welcome, Alex. I know you're calling or Skyping in from the East Coast, so it's great to have you back on the show. Yes, thanks, Rob. Glad to be back. And I am here in beautiful Martha's Vineyard, where President Obama is staying, so it's been an interesting trip. We'll see if I can get around his Secret Service. That's what I was going to say. Hanging out with the Obamas, huh? (laughs) Loving all those are the best. That's right. This show is here to help you create a great podcast and uh, to help you grow and build an audience, and that's specifically the case in this particular episode. We're going to talk about that. We stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And I've been really putting in a really strong effort here over the last uh, week to get uh, our subscribers built up in iTunes and other places out there trying to grow this show as well. So I'm going to be um, taking my own advice in this show with this show. So hopefully it'll be an example. And I'm also going to create a, a, a new podcast app. Uh, for this show uh, through the custom apps through through Spreaker, and we're working on that right now. So I'll, uh, I should soon have an app in Android and iOS. We're really kind of working hard behind the scenes to do exactly what we say we do on this show as an example. So this show can be heard in the Spreaker podcast radio apps on Android and iOS, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and uh, Radioline.com. So leave us a review. Please tell us. Uh, what you think of the show and any topics that you'd like us to cover, you can certainly reach me at rob at com, And I have a Twitter account at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's. Alex, uh, how can a listener reach out to you? I'm at alex at alexxm.com. I'm also on, also on Twitter, as you know, at alexxm. And I should mention Instagram, because I'm trying to grow my Instagram, and you can find me at alexxm oh. as well. Well, I know that yeah. they're they're doing some cool things with uh, was it the, the these kind of like uh, the short stories videos, right? Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. I noticed that, and that's kind of intriguing me. And I'm wondering how that can be, you know, incorporated in the, you know, maybe help and grow your podcast. Yeah, I think they're like six second videos. It, it's kind of like you know, it's a big trend now is to have these really short form clip and kind of weird. Um, fun videos, right? That you can play full screen in your app on your on your phone. So it's kind of kind of cool. It's kind of gotten some traction in some other platforms out there that a lot of people are using these days. Spreaker also has uh, a Twitter account. You can just go to at Spreaker, and that's with an R. And we have a website, Spreaker.com, and a blog, blog.spreaker.com, that we post, uh, you know, weekly articles up up there about podcasting and about what's happening with uh, Spreaker. 
one of the blog posts that, that are up there is a post that I mentioned at the top of the show is how music and sound effects make your podcast better. Um, so in, this is kind of a, a theme that we're, we've been on the, from last week's uh, show where we uh, announced the launch of a new royalty-free music partnership on Spreaker. I don't know, with the Epidemic Sound um, folks, which have about 30,000 music tracks that you can get access to um, for a payment of $75 a year. It gives you full global podcast and streaming rights to 30,000 music tracks that you can um, use in your show. That was a big deal. I think it's a big deal because licensing, Alex, as as you know, with music is a is a huge thing in podcasting, especially around downloads. Yeah, no, it's a massive problem for podcasters, and the fact that they have a it's a pretty robust selection of music. You know, stingers, zingers, yep. music. I listen to some of the samples. I don't actually have it yet, yeah. but I think it's fantastic because you don't have to worry about being sued. Yeah, and exactly. That can, or that can and, happen. And it gives you some great music that you can use in your show in a lot of different ways. You can, and we'll talk about that, you know, as far as using these, these music tracks to break up segments of, of your show. And I'm planning on doing that with this show. I don't yet have access to it myself, but that's something I'm going to get access to and start adding those kind of music bites to different segments of the show to kind of spice it up. But I'm not going to overdo it either uh, because kind of adding some music and some background um, I mean, we have a little bit of that right now, but but I think that there's probably some other areas of the show that we could add to it to make it kind of sound a little more um, fun and cool. But like I said, you don't want to overdo this either. You know, there's there's also um, using them for intros and jingles um, at the beginning and end of your show as well. So, but you just don't want to overdo it and detract from connecting quickly with uh, people and listeners. And I think that's a huge huge thing. I mean, Alex is. Is that your experience too? Get people yeah, into the content. I love the quick intro for this show, the Spreaker Live show, and for my other show, I do have a pretty quick intro. If it's more than thirty seconds, it's it's too much, as as far as I'm concerned. Well, and you're gonna lose people. That that's yeah. the thing, because people will will trial your show and and listen to the first couple, really the first few seconds of it, and if they're not connecting with it, something around something that they're interested in, if it's too much of an intro jingle, they'll just move on to the next show because they, they don't have the patience or, or the time to wait until you start presenting your content and who you are as a, as a host too. So, and I, and I think having the, like you said, the uh, music from the, um, the royalty fee music that you can get through Spreaker, I think that is a good way to make your show sound professional. Cause I think what could be worse than a long intro is an unprofessional intro. Yeah, I've heard some people hire, I guess, you know, Uncle Larry to do the voiceover <laughs> for their show, and it just doesn't really cut mustard. <laughs> well, and I think you have to be a little bit careful of that, too. You know, I've heard some shows that will will use, you know, like uh, completely different people to do their their kind of lead-ins. And I think there's a little bit of a danger there that uh, people that are sampling your show will think that those people are the hosts of the show. I think you have to be really right. careful, sure. c- careful about how you do that kind of stuff. You can give people – because I've heard it where – they have you know a a intro that's got a completely different person that's like talking like they're a host almost and then 30 seconds later the actual hosts start talking <laughs> and it's yeah, like, and you, i've heard that too i'm glad you mentioned that because that yeah. really makes people tune out because especially if it's like a professional person they have a great voice yeah exactly you, you don't want to upstage yourself right <laughs> exactly. 
I've had that happen to me when I've heard a podcast. I said, oh, I thought that was the guy who was going to talk by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to I find out who, who the guy is that did the intro and go listen to his show. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And in background music, you know, I know that it's a little bit uh, controversial, a little bit around playing um, like low level volume of music in the background behind your show, right? I did it with my radio show to some degree at different times, and I got mixed feedback on it, too. I heard the people say that um, you have to be really conscious of um, what the volume level is of that background music. So if you're trying to, like, add a, you know, kind of like a cool vibe to your show where you have it, you know, just like what we're doing here, but there's a music bed playing behind us, right? That's very... I had a I had a comment like that where they said, when is this music going to end? It was on my YouTube channel because yeah. the, the intro was too long. That's why I always recommend 30 seconds. But you don't want to get those comments. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And especially if it's like music that repeats over and over and over again. Right. Oh, in a loop. That's the worst. <laughs> a, a music bed. I've heard that, too. A music bed where they think they're doing radio. And they yeah. just cut in for a second. It goes on for five minutes. I've heard. That. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's okay to put a put a layer underneath your intro, so like you come in strong and then you kind of fade it down as the as the host starts talking. And that's it's a little bit like what I do with this show, but uh, I don't do it as much as I used to with my with my radio show, where it would like it would be like a bed that would go for like maybe thirty seconds into the show, and which I think is okay. And then it just gradually kind of disappears. Right. Um, right. And then people can really start focusing on listening to what the words are and not so much be distracted. But I think some shows like like to have that kind of like that party atmosphere almost thing. Sure, sure. And yeah. I think it's it can be fun. You know, I I know that when I do this show live at like podcast movement or whatever, there's there's like this dull sound of people talking in the background because I'm in a conference. And it does kind of add add a little bit of feeling like the, you know, there's something cool going on here. It's kind of um, it's live. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's live, but it's similar to like a, like like that music bed, right? But I think it depends on what the content is. You know, if it's comedy or if it's funnies, I don't know. I mean, I think you just have to make that call. It can be a tough call. Um, right. How long you want to keep that music bed going? Um, but you, but the key thing is, is that any use of this stuff, um, you need to keep the show sounding very personal and not impersonal. So if you do too many zingers and and transitions and intros, it kind of detracts from the content if it, there's too much of it. It's definitely a balance that you need to strike. But anyway, if you wanted to go check out the royalty-free music and read about it, that there's a blog post uh, at uh, blog.spreaker.com, and you can read all about it, and there's a link to there to go to the actual Spreaker site to, to sign up and get access to this music. And you don't have to be a Spreaker podcaster to take advantage of this. If you're on other hosting platforms, you can certainly tap into this as well. So I'm going to be at the upcoming Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference in Philadelphia, kind of South Philadelphia, North New Jersey area, September 9th and 10th. So if you happen to live up in the Northeast, um, go check out that conference. It's going to be really interesting. There's some really good... Um, good speakers coming to this it's an opportunity for you to network with um, other podcasters and um, you know some of the other hosting platforms that are out there as well are going to be sponsoring this event and there's going to be representatives from from there um, from those uh, those companies at the event uh, just like we're going to be there i'm going to be there um, so definitely go go check it out i'm going to be moderating a hall of, hall of fame panel there um, and then we're sponsoring an awards part of the program there and doing some live streaming. Go check it out. Podcast Mid-Atlantic 
com if you want to sign up and attend that conference uh, in South Philadelphia area, in the uh, Swedensboro area. So if you happen to be up there, it's kind of like in between Washington, D.C. and New York and that whole area up there. So um, you know, I hate to interject, but I, you know, one thing I keep re- realizing, Rob, is that even like, I don't know, five, ten years ago, there weren't even half of these things going on. There are so many conferences and, oh, yeah. and meetups for, for podcasters now. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's and it's growing. I agree, agree 100%. It's been doing that over the last couple of years. I mean, we have seen some of them go away, um, but they're quickly being replaced. And then here this next year, there's a bunch of events going on down in the southern uh, Los Angeles area down there um, by Anaheim, down by you. And I will be at that one, no doubt about it. That's it, podcast movement in, uh, next year and next next August. But uh, but anyway, I I wrote an article um, on, on my blog at robgreenlee.com. Basically, the theme behind it is finding podcast discovery and listening simplicity. And what that really is talking about is this transition between how we listen to audio content from what we're doing in the car today, uh, what millions of people are doing in the car today, to where it's going and how... Um, the the smartphone and these podcast platforms are going to going to transition. There's a lot of people in the radio space that are really talking about how podcasting is just going to explode and be be huge, and it's all going to be because of um, this transition that's going to happen in the car. And I think some people in the podcasting space are are not as gung ho about it because they're not thinking that it's going to be as big of a transition as radio, I think, is playing it up to be. It's something that's, um, uh, it's all about simplicity. So as we think about our audio listening experience in the car, it's been very simple, right? You get in the car, turn on the ignition, the radio starts playing, and you maybe tap a button or two to find a station, and you kind of lean back, drive, and listen, right? The content programmers at the radio station take care of all that um, curation for you. Alex, what's your thought on on all that, I mean, as, as you think well, about the future here of the transition in the car, how important do you think that is? I think it's the, the holy grail. And I think most podcasters have been chomping at the bit wondering, you know, wh- how are we going to get in cars? Everybody wants to get in the car. So if you're with Spreaker, you can get on iHeartRadio. That's one good thing, right? You can yep. actually get on the iHeartRadio app, which is on, I mean, I can't tell you how many cars I've loaded it. Ford, I know, a lot of different cars. <laughs> Uh, are having that app in the well, stereo and, function or whatever. And right? Stitcher as well. And They're Stitcher's in a lot of big cars one. too. And I'm sure Spotify will be, right? I mean, that's just the, the yep. next one. Yep. Um, but here's my thought on it, and I, you tell me what you think. I think it depends on the listener. I don't think music lovers and people who listen to a lot of music are going to embrace podcasts because nobody can do it legally, right? They can't get the licensing for it yeah. unless they're talking about you know music reviews and that type of thing. Yeah. But for people like me and you who are into talk and you know i i devour talk radio and talk podcasts i think it's a huge opportunity and now you have anybody i mean if you think about it anybody soon you know with some you know platform challenges maybe getting on a heart radio would be able to be in people's cars and that is that's never happened before rob like the fact that you could start something on your own with a microphone and a laptop and be able to get in millions of people's cars is really, yeah. I think that's what every podcaster was hoping and dreaming for. Yeah. So. Well, I think that the key here, and this is the the, the, the really main theme of the article that I wrote, is really about usability and simplicity gains that have, right. um, that have been occurring in the podcast technology over the last 10 years. And it's kind of evolving and getting better all the time. 
really the power of radio has been linked to creating more of a lean back experience. Now, the part of the transition that's happening is, is that people are wanting to be in a little bit more control. And that lean back experience is going to be lean back to play what I want to have played, not what a radio station has picked for me. I think that's the big transition here that's happening. That's where this is going. I mean, human creation of audio and original content has always been the strengths of radio, right? But o over time, we've seen the gradual change and shift away from that, that control from the programmer side, shift to the consumer of the content. They want to binge listen to podcasts and listen to everything, back-to-back -back episodes. It's the same thing that's happening on television. Um, so how do we um, make that listening experience as easy as broadcast radio is in the car? I, I think right. that's the key question, right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. we're there yet. Yeah, and because you have, a, you have many different – there's other platforms fighting for – you know, that space, you know what I mean? I mean, we have, and there's XM satellite, right? And you've got people who are doing podcasts who have gotten on satellite radio now. Yeah. Um, but that's so like yeah, broadcast radio. It's curated it um, yeah. content that plays in a linear playback experience. I, True. What's happening with the podcast stuff is that people are creating their own playlists. They're playing it on, on demand or they're, they're creating a list of shows that they want to listen to in the order that they want to listen to. And, right. and it can be a lean back experience, but it's going to be based on what the listener wants to listen to, which is good and bad. You know, if you think about how good radio has been from, from a perspective of presenting um, differing ideas based on what's happening in the world versus this kind of uh, focused, you know, attention that, that we want to project on the media that we consume. So which basically limits our exposure to other outside topics, right? Right. There's a little bit of a danger there. But as you think about smartphones and smart agent technologies like Siri, Cortana, the Alexa kind of technology that's part of the Echo, which is an Amazon product that's kind of completely voice-activated, voice-controlled, uh, based on machine learning, um, voice communications, some artificial intelligence, right? This person or uh, this agent talks to you, right? You interact with them in a very natural way. I believe that that technology is, is going to be the key to podcast consumption in the car. I don't know what you think, Alex. I, I, yeah, I do. And at one point also is I think that since everything, everyone wants on-demand, right? On-demand video, on-demand music, all this. I think we have maybe a slight advantage over people who are doing radio because they can consume it when they want. There's plenty of radio shows. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the Michael Savages of the world, uh, the KFI out here, well, in L.A., where I live, those stations have some talk show hosts that I love, but if they have a podcast, I don't listen to the radio. I listen to when I want to, when I want to hear their show. Yeah. So I, I think that's the one thing that we can kind of benefit from where radio is still that they've got the same format. Um, and if they don't have a podcast, you're not going to hear them. And, and sometimes that will happen with some of the guys that don't have. There's some people that I listen to who don't have podcasts. Or they'll have a breakdown. I've seen this, Rob, too. Where a lot of ra I don't know if you've seen this trend, but a lot of radio uh, stations won't have the full show of the, you know, because some of these guys yeah. go, what, three hours long in the afternoon. So they'll do, like, you know, a five-minute clip or, like, the five-minute or 20-minute or 15-minute highlights. And so you're missing a lot. You're not getting the whole show uh, with, with that when you're doing it that way. So I like the fact that I can do my show. They can download it, consume it when they want in its entirety. And if they want, they can even, you know, skip through any promos or ads, right? Scroll forward. So. Oh, yeah.
it's giving control to to the listener now I think it's a generational thing somewhat too. I think a lot of people still want to have that lean back experience. And I think we're just not, I guess, to the point on the on-demand side of that level of simplicity in the car. But I do think it's coming. Um, but right. it could be another two to three to four years before we really see this this really start to have a shift in in radio consumption. Um, it's been a slow process, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, I follow all the industry stuff and it's almost like – Radio was threat. The radio stations, I think, were first threatened by podcasting. Now they're kind of embracing it, but they still don't know what to quite do with it. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they're still, still threatened by it, you know, because they want to keep the businesses that they have going. Um, they don't want to have to transition to something that's what they perceive as risky and maybe doesn't generate as much revenue. When um, the serial, when serial broke all records, when serial broke all records, I think that changed their mind. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to go go read more uh, more about this topic, I I talked about it in an article, and there's links to the Amazon kind of platform that I I referenced about wh- where I believe kind of kind of the future of this is going to happen. Just go to robgreenley.com and you can you can check that out. Let's dive into the main topic this week, which is uh, keys to growing your podcast audience, um, or keys to just growing the number of people that are connecting with your show. And I think that's an important kind of um, topic here is, you know, we talk about listeners and audience, but really what we're talking about is connecting with people. I think you need to take a long-term view of this process of growing your your show. Uh, months, years of consistent production of your podcast. You know, the old saying goes, um, fame was rarely achieved overnight or, or success was uh, rarely achieved overnight. It's uh, it's usually achieved by long, sustained effort and delivering consistent experiences that connect with people. And I think that's the key thought. There's quite a few new people that are getting involved in podcasting that I think get involved thinking that they can, they're they're going to get uh, this big hit of fame and exposure and listeners, not overnight, but you know within a short period of time. And that may or may not happen. What's your thought on that, Alex? Yeah, it's like the right, absolutely, and it's like the um, the overnight sensation. It's a band, right? The one hit wonder, and everything's playing on the radio. Everyone knows them. You know, they're the most popular band of the moment, and everyone says, "Wow, they just jumped on the scene!" And you know, they're amazing. Well, you didn't know they were practicing in their garage for twenty years, and then they finally had a hit. And it's kind of the same yep. thing with podcasting. I don't know anyone. I, now, let, let's be honest. You could be famous, right? There's some famous people who start podcasts and they have a built-in audience. Okay, that's fine. That's different. But for the average person who's just starting out, they're, they're doing it, you are not going to I – mean, I don't want to like discourage people, but you're not going to – Knock it out of the park. Sensation. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just not going to happen and you have to work at your craft. You get better. I always tell people this. If, you get ner- if you're nervous about doing a podcast, go listen to episode number one of the Exum experience. It's absolutely <laughs> unlistenable. You can't even – it's like I, I don't – I'm embarrassed it's still up, but – I for like the archive, I leave it. And I figure everybody goes through that, Rob. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it was like with you, but like you, you have to go through those growing pains. Oh, I was horrible pain. when I first started doing my, my, my radio station show. Yeah. I mean, it was really bad because you're trying to figure out how to, how to do this stuff that fits with, with your personality and fits with what your capabilities are. And it's, it's not always a, it's not always going to be a big success. I mean, most podcasters, you know, get like maybe 150 downloads or something like that. 
And for most shows, that's that, that's a success. Don't set your sights that you're going to get a million listens or downloads in podcasting anytime soon. Uh, you're going to have to really do something extraordinary to get up to those kind of numbers. And very few, if you look at the overall numbers of shows that are at that level, um, it's it's and, and like you know a half a percent. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and like what you said earlier, it goes back to that. Um, when you're doing these shows, you have to connect with people. And I think sometimes, even if like you're getting, let's say 150 downloads, but if they're engaged and they're retweeting your stuff, putting comments like Spreaker Live Show, there's active people. They're commenting when they're listening. It's great. That is more valuable than having five, I think, you know, 500 or 1,000 or 5,000 downloads and you're not getting any interaction. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It, it, you want people who are engaged. I, I don't want people, you know, dipping in and out. If they're not really interested in the topics and stuff I'm talking about and they're not really engaged, I, you know, I, I find people who will even if they hate my show. Right. Some people just say, Alex, you're wrong. And they send me a bunch of links and emails and stuff. And so that's good, too. But just getting people to engage with you and your show sometimes is more valuable than just the the total number of downloads. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think know. that's how I feel. That's what you are striving for is because you're wanting to connect with people at, at almost like a friendship level. And I think that's that's the key to podcasting, and I, I believe that's the big difference between what we do here and what radio does. Radio is not as concerned with connecting with people. They're a broadcast medium, which means that they're just putting it out and hoping that somebody's going to listen. It's a different thought than podcasting. Podcasting is like I'm trying to find one person there to talk to that I can connect at, at a personal level. Because that's also what generates revenue in advertising is that personal relationship. And to also talk about, you know, what it takes to grow a podcast too is you got to produce quality audio content. You have to means that the audio quality, not just the content has to be good as well. I, I think the bar is pretty high now for audio quality. Uh, you, oh, I, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, can't be painful to listen to. You have to be, I mean, just look at, listen to public radio. You know, it's a classic example. They they have an audio brand around how they produce their shows and it connects with people. Yeah, you, you know NPR when you're hearing it, right? Yeah, and you kind of have to do that with podcasting too. You have to be on a platform that enables you to uh, distribute quality audio. And I think that's really important that there's been a few players in the space that have gotten bad raps for that. Um, and yeah. I think they've, they've started to pay a price for it. Um, and they're trying to change. We don't need to name, name any names, yeah. but they've been yeah. trying to tweak it and change it. And it's, you know, they've already, yeah, know, they've kind of, a boatload of people, yeah, exactly. So they've already kind of messed, messed up because word spreads fast. Audio quality is important. Um, also, the actual content itself, um, thoughtful topics, guests that entertain and engage listeners, maybe provide value, whether it's information or, or um, connecting with community around a, a genre or a, or a topic that is of common desire to connect with, uh, with listeners out there. And you have to drive some level of emotion, too. And, and it's not always easy to do to drive, drive emotion. Like this show is not about necessarily driving, you know, swings in emotion. It's not a political show or it's not a comedy or it's not a, a drama or anything like that. So driving emotion in this show is a little bit of a challenge. Some shows are going to challenge with that. But that's how you really connect with audiences is challenge their, their assumptions, get them to question what you're talking about, get them to offer their thoughts. Um, and that all comes out of emotions. People uh, remember things that um, inspire a, an emotional connection. 
Yeah. I know this and, is like and, psychology 101 today on the on the Speaker Life show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm going to say something also to that about the content. We've talked about it before, but just a general tip I would say to people, keep it clean. Because there's a lot yeah. of – if you do get bigger and you want to go on, let's say, iHeartRadio and there's a lot of profanity or yeah. if it gets flagged and iTunes is explicit, you might not get as many listens. If there's people that you want to – uh, sponsor the show. They might not want to hear the profanity. Yeah. And I told this story, I think, before, where I had a woman who was with the church group and said, Alex, I love this show about – it was about milk-causing acne, right? This whole show I did because I gave up milk and it cleared up my skin. And she said, I listened to the entire show. It's about an hour long, I think. And she said, until the – and I wanted to play it for my church group, right? That would have grown my audience. More people might have said, hey, I'll listen yeah. to this guy. She said, until the very end when you drop the F-bomb. <laughs> I can't play. And I said, oh, for the love of – and so I just – you know, that hurts, Rob. Well, hurts and little. it's – yeah, I think a lot of people get caught up thinking that this is this conversation is about censorship, and, and, and it really isn't. It, it's, yeah. it's really about um, respecting your audience, respecting people, because not everyone is okay with that, right? Right. But, yeah, but I think it, it, everybody is okay with, with not um, explicit language, though. Uh, you know, I and I'll tell you, I've screamed into a microphone. I've yelled like almost at my audience saying, why aren't you paying attention to these types of things, whatever. But they know that it's that kind of show. And I don't get comments about that. People don't say you were yelling, you were, you're, you're obnoxious, you're a loud mouth, although some I'm sure think that it's always with the curse. No, people will call me on that. Yeah. Why do you have to curse so much? This is in the early days when yeah. I just was talking like I would talk to a guy, a buddy at a bar, you know, and I don't even curse that much, Rob. It was coming out on the show more than it was in real life because I felt like I was adding emphasis. It was yeah. wrong. It was the wrong mistake. Don't do it. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. And it's, and it's tough to do this stuff uh, week over week. But consistency is really important. I I think you really have to keep it going and and be be a reliable friend to your to the the people that are connecting with you in this medium. Once you start thinking about it like that, it changes the kind of content that you produce in your show. It, it's not like broadcast radio and then you're you're yelling at your audience, right? It's more like they're sitting across the table from you at starbucks and you're talking to them it's a very personal medium the other uh, thing that will help grow your audience is quality cover art and i know we've talked about this on the show quite often you know 1400 by 1400 jpegs simple but with strong colors large um bold fonts it's almost like you're making a uh, small billboard advertisement for your show use real photos if possible cartoon graphics are okay as well but it must represent the content and the image that you want to project because it's the first thing that people see about your show um, in iTunes and all these platforms. People look at the image, the graphic, and then they, they look over to the text. That's the first and, thing that they see. And a lot of people, I think, Rob, get held up because they're not graphic designers and they think they're going yeah, to spend tough. a bunch of money. But there are you graphic know? designers out there. There's there's uh, design99.com well, yeah. or something like that. I mean, yeah. there's lots of places to, um, that you can go to get help with that. Just make sure that you go go look at iTunes, look at the top 200 list, look at the artwork that's there. And I think it's wise to kind of emulate the, the type of artwork that is being done by big popular shows. Um, there's a reason that they're popular, and it's usually related to how they're presenting themselves. And you can learn from that. Apple won't feature you either if you're very kind of spammy in your artwork, too. If you list your website domain name... 
if you're really heavily promoting something or if you have you know a, a call to action on your artwork they really? just really i didn't know that rob really so they, they just won't, they won't okay they just won't feature you at all um in new and noteworthy they won't, i mean i've had shows that i've shared with the, the itunes platform that got rejected for any kind of feature opportunity because of their artwork and it's happened many times so simplicity no yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that could really blow up your chance i mean imagine yeah. a lot i'm sure a lot of people have their website just thinking the website address right a lot of people probably have the link on there but yeah they just have strict content policies they don't want to drive traffic uh, anywhere else basically. well yeah i'm but, but they also want to have it look professional but simple but not be they don't want their platform to be used as a as a marketing platform if you know what i'm saying they want it to be used as a the the artwork is presenting what the content is and that's the focus right yeah i so, didn't even know that one i'm glad yeah. you told me that so anyway um and then have a really descriptive content that describes the the, the show it's a series description the episode show notes need to be pretty detailed uh, and ideally with a, a timestamp uh, for various content topics at various levels of the show. I know I don't do this, do that with this show, but it would be really good for me to do that. Distribution is key to the long-term growth of your show. Be where audio listening is happening today as much as possible. Be discoverable in these platforms um, you may not get featured or promoted, but at least you're there, right? And you can mention it on the show like I do at the top of the show. I say this show can be heard in all these platforms. Go check it out. Um, but distribution is key to your long-term growth. That, that's a big focus of what you do after you've launched your show. Build your subscribers in iTunes and in the Apple Podcast app. It's critical to growing your show. But you want to connect with people, not just listeners. So subscriber growth in iTunes is typically done by creating direct links to go to your show page in iTunes. And this is a little tip too, is you can only have 301 episodes that, that will display in the iTunes platform. So there are shows that will have like 500 episodes in their feed, but they're only ever going to show 301. And, so anyway, one thing, Rob, I just yeah, real quick, sure. about the distribution, people should be aware of that. That's why Spreaker is really good because it saves me a lot of time being able to just shoot it out yep. to iTunes SoundCloud, yep. uh, YouTube, the whole shebang. So that's one of the great things. Make sure you enable that. I know some Spreaker users don't do it. It's very easy. Just sign, just enable it. Trust me, it'll save you a lot of work. Yeah, well, and it also just makes it easier for you to, to make sure that you reach your your listeners on those on those um, other platforms. Um, because I know iTunes is the big kahuna, but I have people who say, listen, I just I just use Stitcher or I use TuneIn yeah. or whatever, and I just want to use Spreaker. I just want to listen on that. So, hey, however you want to listen, right? Go ahead. YouTube, whichever way. But uh, the, the Apple platform is the, is, the, is the elephant in the room, as they say. The, yeah, the, um, the, the big burrito. Yeah. Yep. So you want to make it easy for people to subscribe on their iPhones by offering a link on your website and places that people will, will discover your show. Also, another place to drive listeners is the Google Play Music Podcast area and Stitcher, like you just mentioned, uh, are also very important to get direct links to and share on social media, in your email footers, your social media profiles, websites, print materials, if you have any. Create a real synergistic cross-media marketing strategy for your show to get the word out about how to subscribe, where to subscribe, make it easy to to click a link to do that don't 
put roadblocks up to people being able to subscribe to your show because it's exactly what you want. And you also want to have a newsletter or a mailing list too, which is a very powerful thing as well. If you can, uh, you know, without being too aggressive on your website, you know, there's a lot of people like to have these pop-ups that pop up on your website that mm-hmm. to gather email addresses. I think you want to be real gentle with that, not overly aggressive because you turn people off. But it's important to build those email lists as well because then you can keep regular communication with that audience and build that deeper relationship. Go to Google Play Music podcast area, get that direct link, and then Stitcher also has a web link as well that you can get to your your podcast if it's in Stitcher. So you can do that there. Mm -hmm. You can easily set up what's called bit.ly links, uh, which are short uh, links that can be easily shared um, that that will enable that subscription feature in the iPhone, uh, in the the iTunes platform, and Stitcher and Google Play Music. I've got some notes here about what you need to add to the the end of your iTunes direct link URL that will pop up your page and make it really easy for a a person to subscribe to your show. And that'll be in the show notes here. I'll have that. So go check that out and also get on um, other podcasts and radio shows uh, if you can and be be a speaker at events um, that are in your genre um, go and meet other podcasters that are in your genre and maybe you can be a guest on their show so alex well I, yeah rob and i gotta tell you i my show the extreme experience i've gotten cross uh traffic people who've listened to spreaker live show and then have come over to my show and commented even about spreaker live show so it it it, the system works. <laughs> I'm glad to be on your show. Yeah, well, thank you for doing it. I mean, it's it's great to have you on the show. I think you've got a got a wealth of knowledge to to share with people, and that's all I got for this show this week. So, any other yeah, well, thoughts on on the things that you've done that you've seen that helps grow your show in the past that I didn't cover? You know what? I'm going to give everyone a little secret. I'm going to give them a little bit of the good stuff. How's that? I'm <laughs> I'm going to tell you something I did recently. I don't think we've spoken about this, Rob, but. I was paying for a web hosting platform as well. I know you were talking about the uh, blog post that you did on your website. Yep. And I was going through these permeations of the website, tweaking it to make it more podcast friendly because all I really wanted to do was promote the show. I, some people know I was a former actor before, so I had a very actory site about four or five years ago, got out of the biz, started doing the show, never looked back. So now it's geared towards podcasting and radio. And what I did is because Spreaker has the option to push out your shows directly to Tumblr, I now use Tumblr as my my main website. I got the idea for some record labels, actually, that were using it. Tumblr is their strictly their entire website. And what's great about it is as soon as I publish the show through Spreaker, Tumblr takes it and puts it out there. And I'm not paying for the hosting at Tumblr now. I'm not – I don't have to worry. The, the only thing you have to worry about is tum- if Tumblr goes down, right? That's a problem. But – it's brilliant, Rob. I, I just I love it because now my my alexxm.com is really my Tumblr page, and it's very clean. That you can't miss it. You know where to click on the episode because what do we want? We really want people to listen to the episode, right? Yeah. If you want to hear about me and go to my contact and links, fine. But I really just want you to hear the information I'm putting out. So that's yeah. just a little tip. If people are having an issue with, do I need a website? Do I not need a website? I don't have any designing skills. I paid a guy who never finished it. I've heard that a bazillion times. Yeah. Um. You know, you can use something like Tumblr for free and just get a free template or a, a theme that they yeah. call them, and you can get them all over the web, and it, they look really good. Yeah. No, I, so. I, I'm sure. In, then there's uh, 
another website called Medium, which is out there too. I use that as well. Yeah, yeah. they're great. Yeah. Medium's great. And that's more for articles, but you can do your podcast, I guess, through there and embed the audio. Absolutely. So if you wanted a really simple and easy way to to subscribe to this show as well as subscribe to the other show that I do, the new media show, just go to robgreenlee.com and in the, the, the right-hand column of the website, I, I have the, those links that I've talked about, um, those bit.ly links that will go directly to subscribe in, in Stitcher, in Google Play, as well as iTunes. And you can do that on your mobile phone. Uh, and it's Rob, a really... can you track the traffic on those links? I'm yeah, actually... Yeah. Sign up for a free account with Bitly, and that's B-I-T dot L-Y, um, and th- they will track the amount of people that uh, that that click on those those Bitly links. So okay. that that's not necessarily going to track the subscribers per se, but it will track the activity around those Bitly links, and hopefully some percentage of that traffic will convert to subscribers. So I think that's the key key thing. It just make it really easy for people to subscribe to your show because that's what will keep them coming back every week. Getting your show delivered to their iPhone automatically, uh, which will hopefully keep them listening. Yeah. Well, Alex, thank you for taking some time out from your uh, East Coast trip to join me on the Speaker Live show today. I appreciate it. Well, always a pleasure. I'm glad to be back every time, all the time. Yeah. Well, thank you for for doing it and. Thank you for listening today. I certainly appreciate you spending so much time with us today. I know we went about uh, 40-some minutes, so it's, it's it's a little long for us. I know I think I only did like a 25-minute episode last week. Of course, I'm not, um, I'm not a great solo caster, so I like to have somebody to talk to. So it's always much better. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> You're fine on your own, Rob. You're fine solo. <laughs> Give us some feedback on the show. Uh, send me an email, rob at... Uh, Spreaker.com, and that's with an R. And you can certainly find me on Twitter at uh, Rob Greenley. So thanks for listening, and uh, come back and listen next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern to the Spreaker Live Show. Mm-hmm.